In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of death. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and never rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Lady Fatima. St. Joseph, St. Jacinta, St. Francisco, all God's angels and saints, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Good afternoon. So we welcome you to our consecration program. And uh, this uh, consecration program will actually terminate, uh, it will end on July 16th, which happens to be a very, very beautiful feast day. Because July 16th is the feast day of Our Lady Mount Carmel. So it was, it's actually perfect timing. So we'll end on that day, and that will be the day of our consecration, uh, Our Lady Mount Carmel. It falls on a Sunday, but still, July 16th is the feast day of Our Lady Mount Carmel. Hey, uh, so I'd like to um, give you an overview of this, uh, this program. Uh, the programs that I set up, there's usually a, a triple dynamic in that we have a we have a lecture, uh, a talk, and my talk is usually about an hour, sometimes a little bit longer than that. So I'll be giving you several talks on the topic, and then um, we divide into groups. Okay, today we're not going to do it, divide into group because we have a retreat on the heel of this. So right after this presentation that we're going to be having a retreat in honor of Corpus Christi. So if you're not in a hurry, you can stay for that. And if you are in a hurry, then you can leave. Okay. So uh, right on the heel of this, there's a, actually a three-hour retreat, about three-hour retreat, when there's going to be a Brother J.R. will give a talk, and there'll be a holy hour, and he'll conclude with the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So it's a very, very busy day. Very busy day. And then uh, the most important part of this consecration is the time you're going to be spending with the, with the Blessed Mother. So the time you spend with Mary on a daily basis is the most important. So next week, after the talk, then we will have group sharing. And I, I should probably tell you this right now. Um, the, the third week, we, we won't be able to meet, and the reason why is because Deacon Jonas will be ordained in five days. So he'll come from New York to California, and that whole day is going to be basically celebrating his ordination. And we would like you to come to that. So there's going to be a lot of celebration that day, which will be uh, two weeks from today. But we'll give you material. We'll give you material for two weeks. Is that clear? And uh, there's really no way around that because we we have to have this building for the festivities, uh, unless you want to go up on the roof, okay? Uh, and with um, birds and pigeons, uh, it's probably not the best place to be, no. So we'll have to actually skip a week. Um, so that's, uh, that's our dynamic. Now, this is a consecration program to Mary. 
So I'd like to tell you the, the different types of consecrations that you have. The most famous consecration to Mary is the one that probably most of you have heard of St. Louis de Montfort. I did my consecration to St. Louis de Montfort in 1976. Then I wanted to become a priest. So I attribute that to my vocation. I was uh, finishing up my second year in the university. Once I finished that, I was already thinking of it be- becoming a priest. And Mary said, on the way, become a priest. No, So my vocation I owe to Mary. And to my consecration to Mary. So St. Louis de Montfort... His consecration is the is the most well known. Then after that, you've got a consecration to Mary through Maximilian Kolbe. That probably most of you have heard of Maximilian Kolbe. I had the privilege of being at his canonization in Rome in 1980. What a privilege, no? John Paul II. I was studying to become a priest, and he was canonized. And the man for whom he gave up his life was actually present there, and Mother Teresa. What a what a grace it was to be in Rome in 1980, no? Then the third consecration, I'll just give you an overview of consecration to Mary, uh, was the one done by my friend and my spiritual son, maybe you've heard of Mike Gately. Okay? So I was his spiritual director before he became a priest, and he wrote... 33 days to morning glory. Most of you have probably heard of that, no? We had uh, lunch with Father Mike the other day. Mike, Father Mike is from Cyprus, so he's he's a, he's a local, as we you say, a local yokel, no? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then another type of consecration would be the one that I've been doing for a good 10 years in Los Angeles. Uh, more in Spanish than in English, and it's a consecration to Mary through the mysteries of the Rosary. And probably mo- some of you know that I'm a writer, okay? So I've already published four books and a couple more in, in the pipeline. P- pray for that. I've got others that are in the process. And if you've, if you've ever published books, easier said than done, no? Uh, but it's worth it once something is off the press from Sophia or Tan Publishers, which are about the mo- most well-known publishers in the country, Catholic publishers, they're out there forever. So my first consecration program is, I'm not going to say that mine's the best, that would be pride, but it's unique because there's no consecration program which is... is the Bible. So my consecration program, you're meditating upon the joyful mysteries, the luminous mysteries, the the sorrowful mysteries, the glorious mysteries, and the seven sorrows of Mary. So 90% of the consecration is from the Bible. So in a certain sense, that's unique. And if you meditate with with the Bible, the Word of God, obviously there's more power in that because it's the Word of God Himself. So that's another... Uh, consecration program. Okay, then during during COVID, during COVID, I I wrote uh, this new consecration program. Okay, so, and I launched it. Uh, I would say about two and a half years ago. So I've done this once, but it was difficult because it was in COVID, and everything was up in the air. Uh, I did it in Spanish and English. I think it really went well, but basically everything was in disarray during that time that we all had to go through. So this will be the first time I'm actually launching it in a more normal setting. Okay, this this is a consecration program taken taken from the message of Fatima. It's pure Fatima. Now, if you don't, do any of you know about a Lady of Fatima the message? You, you've heard of it, right? Okay, I, uh, different than the Mexicans, I was brought up in front of a Lady Fatima. It's the same person, no? but 
Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Grace, I was brought up and raised with those two Marian dimensions. Our Lady of Grace, we had the statue with Our Lady stepping on the head with the serpent with the apple in his, apple in his mouth. Maybe you remember that, no? Then Our Lady of Fatima, I was introduced to that when I was just a small child. So I've always had a special love for Our Lady of Fatima. So this is going to be... And um, Lourdes and Guadalupe are great, but Fatima is the best catechetical of all the apparitions in the history of the church. It's catechesis. Catechesis in a world where there's just so much ignorance. And you're going to go, when you go through it, you're going to see all different biblical themes that are present in the message of, of, Our, Lady, of Our Lady of Fatima. So, um, now, my, 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 my thrust in this is to consecrate yourself to Mary, but one of the primary purposes is to try to save the family. Okay? You hear me? Okay, the primary purpose, one of, one of the primary purposes is myself. I'm going to do all I possibly can as a priest to fight for the family. Okay, that's that's one of the primary thrusts of this is to to fight for the family because the family the family obviously the family is in crisis. Okay, we've never had we've never lived in a more tempestuous, difficult time possibly in the history of the world as right now and. Lucia de los Santos, one of the seers, says that the, the last battle will be over the family. Lucia de los Santos, she made that prophecy. The last battle will be related to the family. So this, is a, this, this course is directed to Mary, who will be instrumental in helping us to form good families. Look at the way it is now. Sixty uh, percent of those who get married, they end up in divorce. And it's not descending, but rather it's, it's, it's going up and up. Just give you some stats. When I was a kid, having, having a couple living together, I, 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 I never saw that. In my, in my whole life when I was a child, no? it was unheard of. Now, every Tom, Dick, and Harry is shacking out. Excuse my New York English. No? The Tom is sometimes it's Tom and Dick, right? Everyone is everyone is starting to live together. And you probably know some that are in what's called a, a trial marriage, where you hear we we have to be compatible. We have to have chemistry, huh? Got to be compatible. We got to get chemistry, no? So you you all know relatives and friends that are are living together. So the family the family is definitely in crisis. So that's one of the primary thrusts of this consecration program is to get us to fight for the family. Fight for the family with the Blessed Virgin Mary helping us in the vanguard. Okay, a few uh, ecclesial ideas on the family. The family, Vatican II says, is the domestic church. Okay? God admits best, Vatican II, the family is the domestic church. Okay, a couple of quotes from John Paul II. John Paul II says the, the family is the basic cell or building block of society. That's JP2. Okay, I repeat. John Paul II. Family is the basic building block or cell of society. And John Paul II says this. The way the family goes is the way the society goes. 
Okay? The way the family goes is the way the society goes. Now, I don't have my degree in history, but I know a little bit of history. If you look through the historical evolution of society, the Greek civilization, the Roman civilization, the great empires, when did they fall apart? They fell apart when the family fell apart. And that's proven. The Roman civilization, the Greek civilization, the empires, when the family came apart, the society came unraveled. And we are in, we're in danger of that in our country. I honestly believe that um, you, you see the way Europe Europe is now. Basically, Catholicism is dead in Europe, if you've ever been there. I, mean, I lived in Europe for seven years. Uh, you got the most beautiful churches in the world, but they're, they're, they're empty museums. They're empty museums. Most beautiful churches in the world. Spain and Germany and Italy and France. I mean, I lived in Europe for seven years. Beautiful churches. St. Mary Major, St. Peter, St. Paul outside the walls, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Beautiful churches. They're empty. In Italy, in Rome, I think they've got more cats in the church than people, no? A lot of stray cats in Rome, by the way, no? Uh, This country, I think, can go either way. We can head head down the same path as Europe and Canada. We can. But I believe if we can really fortify the family, this country can be the greatest country in the world. Amen? Amen? Can be the greatest country in the world. We're forming families based on the love of God. So I'm very hopeful that this country, we live here, most of our immigrants, right? We're here because we love this country. We want this country not to be a Titanic, a sinking ship. So do all, let's do all we can to save the family. You know what I'm doing on Tuesday? I've got a huge group of teenagers. I've got about 200 teenagers. I'm trying to rope them in. Okay? Because the teenagers are going through a really difficult time. So I'm dropping the nets to try to do all I possibly can as a priest, trying to be imitate John Bosco, because he's, the, he's our patron saint, to help the young people. And tomorrow I have the same consecration and just going to jump from English to Spanish. So tomorrow night you're going to see a hopefully a jam-packed church of Hispanics and we're going to try to work with them that they also can establish strong families. Okay? You hear me? So that's my, that's my, that's my goal. Uh, to have you, have you work with me as a priest to, to fight for families. Fight for families. Your family and you have children, some of you have grandchildren who will eventually choose the married state. Uh, and we want them to form the best families in the world. So you're, you already have your families, but you will have children, and some of you have grandchildren, that will choose uh, that vocation. Let's, uh, I think this will indirectly be helping not only you, but also future generations if we do this well. Because God lives outside of time, right? He lives, lives in the eternal now, as the poet says. Huh? All right. So, before giving you uh, the, the first talk on Fatima, um, I, want to give you, I want to give you the method. Now, the, this method, it's, it's uh, a a little bit more complicated than the other methods. But I think once you see it, I think you're going to fall in love with it. The other is, you know, you hear the talk, you do your holy hour, and then you write a few ideas, and then then that's it. Whereas this one is, uh, is a little bit more demanding. But if it's, if, if, it's, if it's done, this can definitely help your family. Okay, now, 
your, your, your children and your teenagers, they're probably going to complain once they hear what you tell me to tell them, okay? <laughs> okay, they're probably going to complain. But, but I believe once they start to do it, I think they're going to love it. Because what's going to happen is, today, there is a lack of communication between children and parents. You know that, right? It's a pandemic, but also most people are married to their, to their cell phone. They're almost literally married to their cell phone. And as a result, there's just a, there's a, there's a lack there's a lack of communication between children and parents. Everyone is living in his own world, his own microcosm. He's only he, you know, living in the same same house, but there's no communication anymore. And I I, w I would invite you maybe sometime. Uh, today, very rarely do I do, do do I suggest what I'm going to suggest now, but I think you'll I think you'll see the reason why. Okay, I was brought up and raised what's called the classical rock and roll, okay, of the '60s and the early '70s, no, with the Beatles and the Beach Boys and. Uh, the Rolling Stones and those those names maybe you've heard of them. The young people you probably never heard of them before, no. Uh, but around 1970, and the the uh, the singers, the their their artists, they basically give you the, the the pulse of society. Okay, they do. Not to say that they're ready to be, you know, Paul McCartney and John Lennon be canonized saints. No, McCartney's still living, right? But they, they give us, in a certain sense, the pulse of what's going on in society. So, what you might do sometime, don't do it during my talk, please. No. But, or you can, might even write it down, Harry Chafin, The Cat in the Cradle. Okay? Okay, have any of you ever heard that? Okay, you younger people know, but those who are of my vintage, um, it's not gallo wine, but it's... Uh, Merlot, okay? Uh, and, and pull out your cleaners. It's a tearjerker. It's a tearjerker. But that's exactly what I'm saying. In which you have a boy singing, Dad, you know, come to my baseball time. Huh? Come to my baseball Too busy. Too busy. Next time. Dad, I'm graduating from high school. Honors. Too busy. Too busy. Too busy. Dad, I'm graduating from college. I got my degree as an engineer. Too busy, too busy, too busy. Then he's married and his father calls him. He wants to see him. He says, Dad, I'm too busy with the kids now. Well, there you have it. I mean, it's a, I love that song. I mean, it's, it's well sung, too. But also it shows us the pulse of society. And the ironic thing is Harry Chafin was killed in a car accident at 30. Well, I was checking up on him, no? Ironic, huh? But you, you, might, you might, Father Larry once used that in a retreat to the young people. So that's, what, that's one of the things we're trying to do is establish lines of communication between husband and wife between father and son, between mother and daughter, between sister and sister. And the communication is going to be based on our relationship to God. Because if we have a relationship with God, that, that opens up the lines of communication across the board. You hear me? Once you have a relationship with God, that's going to knock down the barriers and the communication, the dialogue, is going to become very, very um, open and dynamic. Not static, but dynamic. It's going to become deeper and deeper. So here's my proposal, and young people don't moan and groan, okay? Uh, okay, 
I'm going, to, I'm going to give you various options. Various options. The first is we're going to be giving you material on Fatima. So this first week, uh, have, have any of you ever read the message of Fatima? Any of you here? Okay, you probably remember, okay. The apparitions are 1917. But 1916, it really starts in 1916 because you have Jacinta, Francis, Lucia. They have an encounter with the guardian angel. And three times. And I'll be talking about the third one, which is related to Corpus Christi, the third apparition. So, uh, these, these children... So, uh, we're going to be giving you material the first week on the children and the relationship to the guardian angels. That, that's going to be your first week. So, we'll give you your binder, we'll give you your material, and then, um, so I'm going to give you various options. The first is, I hope that all of you can spend some good quality time to make, try to make a holy hour on that. And this is going to be lecture divina. You've heard that term, lecture divina. This is going to be a type of lecture divina where you're going to be reading, you're going to be reflecting, you're going to be uh, pondering the message. And I think you're going to like the way I write. Okay, this is... Uh, it's easy to follow, but I am captivated by the message of Adam. I'm captivated by it. And I think you will be too. Alright, so that's the first part. You want to find some time in which you, some time in which you can be meditating upon it by yourself. And I would suggest when you're doing it, when you're doing it, it's your material, get a pen, or a marker, and maybe underline it. Man, if you saw the way I studied in the university, you might just get a paintbrush or something, no? <laughs> we all have our style. This one is yellow, this is orange, this is a check mark, this one is a, um, a symbol that only I understand, no? So you can do with it whatever you want, and whatever helps you, whatever helps you in your meditation, as well as your learning process. And you might have a, a, a notebook where you just jotting down what really seemed to jump out at you. So, the, the, the more time you give, the more blessings. St. Ignatius calls it magnanimity, magna anima. So the more generous you are with God, the more God is going to be generous with you. And I, I really believe you're going to be looking forward to this. And really what it is, it's your, your daily encounter with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because Mary is present in this, the whole program, implicitly and then explicitly. Through the angel, Mary is present implicitly because Mary is the queen of angels, right? What is this city? Los Angeles, which means Santa Maria de Los Angeles is a formal name of this city, Santa Maria de Los Angeles, Our Lady of the Angels. Okay. So you got that? Okay, let's, uh, let's hit home with your kids now. Okay, what I want you to do also, now, every family has a different dynamic. It might be, you, you, just, you do it with your husband and your wife, okay, fine. Or you can maybe, you can, maybe you can invite your sister and your, and your brother-in-law, you maybe do it with them. So, you can set up the dynamic. And given that we live in the electronic world, some of you, if you're far away and you're maybe a widow, maybe you can do it by Zoom. I, I've done tons. I was on, I was on TV on Friday, El Sembrador, on Zoom. I've been doing that for years now because of the electronics media. You know, El Sembrador, maybe you heard of that. Okay, they've asked me to go on that. I was on the TV and then it's on radio at the same time, use modern tech to... So that's another, that's another option. Yeah, true, being with a person face-to-face -face is more real, obviously, but still, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with doing it by, by means of, of Zoom or some other platform. 
Okay, now, um, how, many, how many parents here? Okay, I'm looking at a lot of hands right now. You are catechists. Did you know that? You've got children, right? This is, this is, this is Gaudium et Spes, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and Common Sense. Gaudium et Spes, one of the most important documents in Vatican II. Then the fourth commandment of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The first teachers and educators of the children are the parents. Is that clear? Okay, you are the first educators and teachers. And when you, when you die, I'm not saying this to scare any of you, one thing he's going to ask you, Jesus, you're going to go before Jesus, what did you do to educate your children? And Jesus is going to ask me, because a priest, we're called to the two Ps, the three Ps, rather. Prayer, preaching, and penance. That's what the priest should be doing. We're called to pray. We're called to preach. Guess what I'm doing now? Okay, we're called to, to be, as Fulton Sheen says, the victim who offers the victim. We're called to offer a penance for our sins as well as the sins of our penitents as well as the whole world. So, you're killing two birds with one stone. So you're going to be re- reading it with your daughter, reading it with your daughters, reading it with your husband. So, you start by praying, reading, thinking, then you stop and you're going to be talking about it. It's a a different dynamic. Of all the consecration programs, this is unique. So you pray, you start by praying, you, you read it, read through it slowly. Okay, you can maybe have your daughter read. She's a good reader. Okay, read. Then you're reading. Okay, something seems to jump out at you. Then you stop and comment. Then after you've commented on it, okay, once again, read again. You read. You reflect. You have an inspiration. And then you comment upon it. You know who is the harbinger of this? His name is St. Philip Neri. Ever hear of him? St. Philip Neri. What's, what's the dynamic of the oratory? He started off by bringing together young men and they'd be reading the lives of saints or a biblical passage and they'd pray and then they'd pray the Holy Spirit and eat. then someone would have an inspiration and they would share that would be the primitive charismatic movement started by Philip Neri. So, now you have to decide how much time you want. Okay? Your, your children or teenagers might have ants in their pants, as we say, no? But I would say, uh, give, give, yourself, give yourself a half an hour. You young people can spend six hours on the phone. Give yourself a... And if you want to give an hour or two hours, so much the better. You invite me, you're going to get three hours, okay? I talk about spirituality, I'm a non-stop speaker. Hmm? You give me one word, it'll take, it'll take me an hour to explain that word, okay? Danger of being an English major, huh? <laughs> okay, so you're... You're reading through it. For example, the first one you have, you have Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia. You have an angel appearing right away. Man, for me, you got an hour talk just with that idea. That idea, for me, you got an hour talk. And you'd be surprised if you open the Holy Spirit, even your little child that's six years old can start to talk about her guardian angel. So if, it's, if you're open to the Holy Spirit, if you open the Holy Spirit, this can really change your life. You're reading, you're praying, you're reading, 
You're pondering like Mary did in her heart. You're pondering. And then Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then you open up and you start to talk. Sharing, St. Ignatius says, in the contemplation to obtain love, if you love, with, you love a person, then you share spiritual treasures with that person. Now, if I pull out my wallet and I give you $20, that's just pie in the sky idealism because I've got poverty. I don't have neither a wallet nor $20 in, so don't even go that path, okay? But if I were to pull out my wallet and give you 20 bucks, I'd be $20 poorer. But if I open up my mouth and I talk to you about God, what's happening? I am enriching you. I'm enriching myself by the sharing of spiritual gifts. So the spiritual gift that I'm giving you right now is worth, worth more than all the money in the world. Because the treasure that I have in my mind and my heart through years of prayer and meditation, I'm sharing it with you freely, free of charge. And I'm not being impoverished by that, but rather I'm being enriched by the sharing of spiritual treasures. And that's what you have the opportunity to do that in the family, man. Think about that. You're sharing spiritual treasures and everyone in the family, after 25 minutes, gets up more filled with God through Mary. Like it? You're more filled with God Okay, it might be two people. It might be a family of eight. But you're going to be more and more enriched by that. So, you know, it can be 20 minutes. It can be a half hour. It could be an hour. Hey, are you on vacation now? Are you working 20 hours a day now? Okay, okay. Catherine, okay, you, you, you got a little bit of free time, huh? Well, yeah, face it. Why do I have this youth program on Tuesday? They're on vacation. they got all the time on their hand. So as a result, okay, they've got to come to be with Father Broom. Hopefully it's not penance, no? And <laughs> listen to a talk on God. Read a chapter in my book. They do a little summary. Then come back together. And you're going to be sharing. So the whole month, they're looking, they're looking forward to something spiritual. Not that much. But our program is a little bit more than that. Okay, then after you finish, uh, you could have your secretary. Secretary? Maybe write down one minute or two minutes. What was was God saying to our family in, in that conversation? What do you think? Good idea? Okay, what was God saying? One minute. God was saying, wow, I know angels exist, but I really haven't really talked to the angels. And I thought that the the angels are just fallen angels because they never won the World Series anymore. The only thing I thought is about Mike Trout during the angels, huh? So the message was that I haven't talked to the angels in, 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 in a month. I just prayed to them in October, October 2nd, Feast of Garden Angels, and then they put them in the closet to pick up dust, huh? And I would wager that most of us pray very little to the angels. The whole last week I was giving talks on one angel. His name is Raphael. And if you go to daily mass... That's one of the most charming books in the Bible. The book of Tobit. You have the, you have the archangel Raphael intervening and helping to resolve two very serious family problems. What would happen if uh, you tried to get married seven times and every wedding night the devil came and killed your prospect husband? Would you like, to, you, you men, would you like to marry a girl like that after, after, after the devil killed seven of them? I would approach with fear and trembling, huh? 
so you become you, you become a secretary. Okay, you become a secretary. Okay, and we're not finished though. Just warming up. Then after that, okay, after that, who did Our Lady of Guadalupe say she was? No soy yo tu madre, right? She said, am I not your mother? What about Our Lady of Lourdes, if you read my book, I'm marrying Compendium, she said, je suis la Macalée Conception. Parlez-vous français, un petit peu? Je suis la Macalée Conception. Which would be, in English, I am the Immaculate Conception. Yep. And that was four years after the proclamation of Immaculate Conception in 1854, 1858. So Our Lady Fatima said, Hi, I'm Our Lady Fatima. Did she say that? <laughs> Hi, I'm Our Lady Fatima. She revealed her identity at the end and she said, I am Our Lady of the Rosary. That was her identity. It's the same person. But each one manifests a different facet of who she is. She's our mother. She's the Immaculate One. And she is the Lady of the Rosary. So, in this course, in this course, another fruit will be that you, you'll, be, you'll appreciate the Rosary all the more. You know, maybe I might as well give you a heads up. My program is basically four weeks, but talking it out with, uh, with, with some of my helpers, we decided that we wanted to extend it five weeks. And guess what we're going to be meditating upon the fifth week? One of my favorite writings of John Paul II, which is the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary, the Apostolic Letter. We're going to make sure that you all get the, the Apostolic Letter of JP2, the, the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary. So we're going to be moving to a higher higher theological level because people, but, but after four weeks, you're all going to be theologians in disguise. <laughs> and you're going to start to read some more media ecclesial material. I've read most of the encyclicals of John Paul II. I'm not tooting my horn, but I've read most of them. But the one on the rosary, I think, is the easiest one to understand of all his, all of his writings. Some of his writings are pretty heady. Familiaris Consortio, Laborans Exercens, some of them, they're, they're really dense. Was that one is easy spiritual reading, so we were planning to have that, as your last week. You'll be reading three or four pages a day and you can share what JP2 says on the rosary. What do you think? Great idea, Father. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so then you're going to be praying the rosary. Okay, we're not finished yet. We're getting there. We're getting toward the end. Okay, you're going to receive a binder today with... The prayers of Fatima. How many are there? You like? How many? So there are five prayers of Fatima. And most of them are very short. One is, Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sin. Okay. The, the prayer of the angel okay, that is a little bit longer, but you're going to be praying those prayers, which will take about more four or five minutes. And then you'll end by singing a Marian hymn. Any, any of you know how to sing? Cantar o espantar. Sing Immaculate Mary. Hail Holy Queen. Sing a hymn to Mary. So there, there you have the dynamic of the program. Okay? What do you think? Good idea? Okay, it's a little bit more demanding and the young people that are going to be moaning and groaning, it's about, it's got about 54 minutes. I've calculated. Okay, about 54 minutes. Okay, the, the reading, the rosary, those prayers and the hymn, it's not going to go beyond an hour. So, if you 
Compare that to how much time we actually waste every day. It's not that much. Now, you doing your other holy hour, you might be spending that close to two hours. You find it's too much, then at least do the dynamic, the family dynamic. But I would say, be generous and try to, try to meditate upon it yourselves in the morning, so that once you come to the family, once you come to the family dynamic, then you're ready to share with greater knowledge and uh, comprehension of the of the material. Then the day of consecration, which is the feast day of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, you'll be consecrating yourself to Mary. We'll say a consecration prayer and we'll be able to impose the scapula. So I know I'm reading it. I'm reading your mind now. You said, Father, you already put that on me 10 years ago, okay? No, no, it was 12 years ago, okay? Well, renew it. Renew it. And, and some of you, some of you probably have taken your scapula off, I think. I don't see all of you. No, no, no. Uh-uh, no. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, you left it in the bathroom, okay. No, no, okay. See, it, it, it's very easy to take the scapula off because the devil tells you to do that. Yeah. It's the devil. Yesterday placed 70 scapulas on the first communion kit. What do you think? Did you know that once they, once they receive it, the first communion with the official enrollment, they belong to Our Lady of Mount Carmel and the Carmelites. Do you know that? Once that's done, as a first communion child, you belong to the confraternity of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and receive the prayers of the priests and the nuns. So, I always, I've been doing that for almost 30 years, thousands of children, and when I'm doing my Marian consecration, I probably place, I say, probably at least 25,000. 25,000. Scapulars on people. And that means exterior sign that I belong to Mary. I'm in the school of Mary. I love Mary. Mary loves me. I'm in the heart of Mary. So that'll be your external consecration to Mary by means of wearing your, your scapula. scapula that I have is the following. You don't have to have you don't have to have anything the image in it. You don't have to. If you have it, so much the better. But it's, it has to be brown. You have to have the two squares. And if you were to Touch the scalpel. What do you feel in that? What's inside? Medallion. Okay. Yeah. So inside, this is this was made by my 92-year-old mother. Okay. Uh, so she sewed the miraculous medal inside, and the medal of Saint Benedict. So you got the Benedict medal. I got the miraculous medal. I got the scapular, I've got my rosary, I've got my brown habit, I'm ready for battle. <laughs> I'm ready for battle, huh? And what I do every morning, as soon as I hear the alarm clock, guess what I do? I don't hit snooze button. <laughs> I've never done that, no. Do you know why the man Throw the alarm clock out the window because you wanted to see time fly, right? Okay. It's <laughs> the first joke I learned when I was in first grade, no? So I take the scapular, I kiss the scapular, and then I bless my eyes, my nose, my ears, my lips. My tongue two times because I talk a lot. <laughs> and then I bless my heart. So I start off my day by 
kissing the scapula and every time you kiss the scapula you receive an indulgence. Did you know that? Hmm? Yes. 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 Every time you kiss the scapula the church gives you an indulgence. And you can apply that to your dead grandmother. Okay? Okay? You can apply it to yourself. You apply it also to someone that passed away and that can help that person to go from purgatory to heaven. Yeah. You know what a symbol is. By kissing that, that's my concrete manifestation that I am saying, Mary, I love you. Okay? Imagine your little daughter comes up and gives you a kiss. You feel happy the whole day. Well, we do that to Mary. Mary's even more happy. Mary's even more grateful. So, this, this will be your way of concrete living out your memory of Mary's presence. All right. Now, uh, today I, I like to I like to give you a brief uh, biographical sketch, and this will be pretty brief. A brief biographical sketch of the three seers. Okay. But even before that, I'd like to give, give you just a little overview of Our Lady of Fatima and world history. And I'll give you a, and I'll give you a, a biographical sketch. Okay, 1917 is when Our Lady of Fatima is going to appear. Nineteen seventeen, are you listening? Was the Bolshevik Revolution. Now some of you say, What the heck is this Bolshevik stuff? No. Maybe you don't know too much history, but it's it was a revolution that would radically change the world. Because the Bolshevik Revolution was a revolution in Russia. Did you know that in, in the 19th century, Russia was a very strong Christian country? Very strong. I'm an English major, but I, you know, I've read Dostoevsky, and you've got Turgenev, and you've got Tolstoy. Those are the three great writers, and now Solzhenitsyn. These are the great Russian writers. If you read Dostoevsky, Fyodor Dostoevsky, probably the greatest Russian writer with Tolstoy. Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, Turgenev, which was in the 19th century. Then you got Solzhenitsyn, who wrote presently. See, deep Christian roots in Russia. 1917, you have the you have the the Bolshevik Revolution, in which Russia is going to become a communist country. No one in a million years would have ever thought about that. And Russia back in 1917 was a very poor country. What did Our Lady Fatima prophesy? She said Russia will spread her errors throughout the whole world. You probably say big deal. Russia, Russia is no man's land. Look at the prophecy now. What is Cuba? Albania. Northern Korea. Northern Vietnam. Russia now. Okay. China. Huge. And there's others too. And we're heading in that direction too. This is the prophecy. This is the prophecy of a lady Fatima. You're going to be meditating upon it. So I'm trying. I'm trying to apply this. This isn't some pie in the sky idealism that has nothing to do with our lives. This is very applicable. What's going on today? And our lady was fighting for the family, the devil, and, and the modern woke, and all those all those people are trying to destroy our families. Trying to destroy our families. 
And I find that of all the messages, that's one of the most interesting things. She, she prophesied that, that Russia would spread its errors throughout the whole world. Oh, how are we going to spread its errors? They're a good Christian country. So, um, that's just a historical overview of the context of when this is happening. This is happening during the First World War. Okay? And many of the Portuguese families have a single parent family because of the, the father's killed in the war. Or he's coming back with one leg. Okay? Leg has been blown off. That was the context. Okay. So, 1916 is when, is when the um, angel will appear to the three children. Okay. They're, okay. There are three children, and their names are Jacinta in Portuguese or Spanish, Francisco, and Lucia. Francisco and Jacinta, they are brother and sister. And the last name you're going to see it is Marto, M-A-R-T-O. Okay? And these are Little children, they're shepherd children, and they will never they will never go to school. Okay. Now Lucia, Lucia, her last name is Lucia de los Santos. She's actually the the older cousin of Jacinta and Francisco. They're shepherd children. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow the reading to do its own work with you, but I'll give you the three basic the three basic charisms of the three the three children. They're related, and they're they're all going to be meeting the angel as well as the blessed mother, some in a more intimate fashion. But. Let's start with Jacinta. When John Paul II, St. John Paul II, when he beatified them, he beatified them, he called Jacinta a little victim soul. You know what that is? A victim soul. Okay, if you don't understand that, once I say this, you'll understand what it is. The most famous victim soul in the history of the Catholic Church is Padre Pio. Okay, Padre Pio, who had the stigmata 50 years. If you ever want to read a really good book on Padre Pio, I read it on a plane when I was going to Nebraska to give a retreat last week. It's My Mentor and Friend, written by Gabriel de Morth, who was the chief exorcist of Rome for 30 years. They were good friends. I couldn't put that book down. I arrived at the airport, actually went to the bathroom for about five minutes because I wanted to finish it, no? Padre Pio is the most famous victim soul in the Catholic Church. He had this stigmata for 50 years. Why did he have this stigmata? He willingly wanted to unite himself to Jesus on the cross in suffering incredible pains for the church, for the hierarchy, for the priests, for the bishops, for the souls in purgatory. He had a great devotion to the souls in purgatory, but especially for the conversion of sinners. If you read the life of Padre Pio and you read the life of Jacinta, you're going to see they're very similar. Very similar. And that Padre Pio willingly, he willingly said, Lord, yes, I will accept this suffering. Fifty years! One occasion someone asked, hey, does that hurt? And he said, not a Christmas decoration. He would sometimes use sarcasm when you had, when you had dumb things, you know, dumb comments. No, 
It's not a Christmas decoration. Every Friday it would bleed. And during, during uh, Lent, it would, it would bleed the whole time of Lent. So Jacinta, John, John Paul II, no, no Father Broome, John Paul II called her a little victim soul when she was beatified. And then she and her brother would be the youngest children to be, to be canonized in the Catholic Church. What year? Guess what? 2017, the 100th anniversary of a Lady of Fatima. They were canonized May 13th. Nothing happens by hand, chance, yeah? Canon May 13th, 2017, Pope Francis, exactly a hundred years after the first apparitions. So Jacinta becomes a little victim soul. And I, I want I want to apply this to ourselves. Uh, most likely, you people are not called to be victim souls like Padre Pio or Jacinta. Okay? Don't offer yourself as a victim soul without good spiritual direction. Don't do it. I'll never forget when I was in Villanova talking with an older Augustinian priest. We were talking about victim souls. He said there was a young man that offered himself as a victim soul. He didn't have a grace, didn't have the grace, and he went wild. He went, he went, he went crazy. You know? So don't don't offer yourself without proper spiritual direction. Remember that 40 years ago. You know? But we're we're all we're all called, we're all called to offer up sacrifices. That's true. That's universal. So you want to be offering up sacrifices in imitation of Jacinta for your family and for the salvation of souls. Jacinta, she wanted to, to suffer to save souls because she saw the vision of hell. We'll arrive at that sooner or later. Okay? As part of, the, part of the apparition is the vision of hell that changed this little girl into a little saint. Now, uh, Francisco, Francisco John Paul II called him a little mystic. Why? Because his little boy, he loved to spend time in silence so that he could console Jesus present in the Blessed Sacrament. Spend hours as a little nine, ten-year-old kid alone so that he could draw close to the tabernacle and console Jesus because Jesus is so lonely, so many tabernacles, no one comes to visit Jesus. You're called to do the same. You're called to console the heart of Christ. And our Lady Fatima said that Lucia would live a little bit longer. Maybe she said that with tongue in cheek, huh? Because Jacinta died, she was only nine. Francisco was—I don't think he was even—he was either ten or eleven. There were two little kids. Whereas Lucia went on to live close to a hundred years old. She died in the year two thousand five, February thirteenth. She actually died about uh, five weeks before John Paul II. John Paul II, when did he died, April 2nd, 2005. Lucia died 2005, February 13th. She became a Carmelite nun. First a Dorothean nun, then she left that convent in Spain, and she became a Carmelite nun in Coimbra, where she would uh, live into her late 90s. What was her What was her mission? So Francisco, a victim soul, Jacinta, I'm sorry, Jacinta, a victim soul, Francisco, a little mystic, whereas Lucia was called to promote, what are we going to be celebrating next Saturday? Any of you know? How about next Friday? Okay, do any of you know, what do we celebrate always right after the Sacred Heart of Jesus? 
So she was called to promote devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and that the whole world would be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So this is a, a very positive note to end on. Our Lady said, in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Isn't that consoling? So in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. So in honor of Jacinta Francisco Lucia, let us try to find refuge in two places. The Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. May God bless you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. I said, Art thou, bless the fruit of our Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, great God's Okay, please be seated for a couple of minutes. Herod is going to be, he'll orient us and you'll, you'll get your material, okay?